When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. And welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Future Blue Podcast as a part of the Block M Podcast Network, powered by Fans First Sports Network. My name is Vaughn Lozon. And uh, we've got some uh, we've got some good Michigan recruiting news today. We've got some bad Michigan recruiting news today. A little bit of everything. I think mainly good. So uh, stick around. It's going to be a good show. Joining me as always today, Tyler Seeley, podcast con- contributor here on the Block M Podcast Network. Tyler, how you been, man? It's been a couple weeks since we've recorded this one, uh, but we finally have some uh, good stuff to talk about. So how you been? Yeah, it's always good. I, and, and I, I'm going to answer your question. It, it's good. I'm I'm doing well, and it's always good to be able to talk Michigan football because that means we're almost under 40 days until the season starts. I think it's 46 exactly. So we're getting closer and closer to the start of the Michigan football season, which we're all looking forward to. I think cannot wait. There's no thinking about that. No debate. I I am ready for football. Um, I you know I I don't want to speed past the summer by any means, but I am just in that mode now where I'm just, I'm itching for football. Um, you know, it's a lot of work for us on, on the podcast network and on maizeandbrew.com, but it's always just, it's so much fun being able to contribute and uh, give the people what they need as far as Michigan football news goes. Uh, and obviously here on the recruiting podcast as well. So yeah, really looking forward to the fall. It's going to be a good season, hopefully. And uh, let's dive into today's show, uh, which again, like I said, some good news, some get uh, some bad news, but we're going to start with the good news today. Uh, and, and as we always do on the podcast, we're going to start with the latest commitment for the Wolverines. And uh, his name is 2024 four-star edge Jacob Smith he stands six foot four and a half weighs 230 pounds he is from uh, Cheshire Connecticut ranked number 211 overall on the composite number 17 edge and number four in his home state that is all according to the 24-7 composite he is the twin brother of four-star defensive line commit Jared Smith and uh, he committed last Thursday afternoon Jacob did even though he gave that commitment 
uh, date and then later kind of backed out of it uh, publicly. But then he decided to just go ahead and commit anyway. So it's kind of a bizarre situation. Uh, but needless to say, it's good news for the maize and blue. He is a welcome addition to this class. And he chose Michigan over the other finalists on his top list. That included Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame, Nebraska, and Kentucky. He is now the fourth edge commit in Michigan's class. In 2024, he joins four stars, Elias Rudolph, Devin Baxter, and Dominic Nichols. So, Tyler, like I said, I mean, pretty nice addition here to the Wolverines class. He's been a top target for several months now. And uh, Mike Elston now has a really solid group of guys along the edge in this 24 class, obviously looking for a nose tackle to kind of round out the defensive line in the 24 cycle. But with the addition of Jacob Smith, I think they're all set at edge Four four stars now committed along the edge for Michigan. Really impressive haul, man. Got to say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you, you talk about the edge position. That's been really the Michigan's defense in a nutshell, you know, since Jim Harbaugh's taken, taken over. Obviously, it's a, been a little bit different since Don Brown, Dr. Blitz left. But, um, you know, in terms of, of the positions um, of strength Michigan has had and, uh, you know, positions of strength that they put in the NFL, you know, the the edge position is, is right up there at the forefront. So, you know, guys like Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo, obviously, come to mind you know chase winovich you know quitty pay guys like that so um you know i mean that's that's a huge position um that michigan has had success with putting guys in the nfl and not only that but also having success on the field in the big house and, and on the road as well so this is a big get for michigan a, a four-star you said out of cheshire connecticut not too far from where i am here in massachusetts so um michigan seems to recruit that connecticut area very well and sneaky actually a pretty good area for for talent yeah i mean you nailed it on the head just think about the guys that have come from that area uh, just over the last few cycles, Zach Zinter comes to mind. Cornelius Johnson comes to mind. I believe Tariq Black back in the Tariq 2017 Black, yep. class. Yeah, he yep. was a part of, uh, yeah, in, in that region. Uh, Tristan Bounds, I believe, is from that area of the country as well. So they've really dipped into the state of Connecticut multiple times over Jim Harbaugh's tenure here as the Michigan football coach. And yeah, I mean, they've had a lot of really nice guys come from that area of the country. Kashawn Bennett, I think uh, being another edge guy uh, from that uh, area it's, of the country. Go ahead. It's Tyler. interesting that, you know, Michigan seems to recruit very well in Connecticut and, and, you know, in my home state, Massachusetts, you know um, you know, it, guys that come to mind are like Sean McCune and Mike Sanders still, and, and, you know, just guys yeah. like that Peyton O'Leary's another guy. Um, they, I don't know if it's Don Brown's foot, you know, fingerprints on this, or, I mean, obviously he's been gone for a bit now, but like, you know, there are some roots in Connecticut and Massachusetts that Michigan seems to pull the strings on. Yeah. I mean, he certainly played a huge role in that. Obviously he's now uh, over at UMass, I believe. And and yeah, right. he, he recruited a ton of guys from that area of the country just because that was his bread and butter when he was at Boston College as the defensive coordinator. He would recruit those guys out in the Northeast and, you know, along the East Coast and, and turn them into, you know, from unheralded recruits into top college players. He's done that at all those stops. But you know, Michigan just continues to do that without Don Brown and uh, really 
really digging the pipeline there in that area of the country with Connecticut, Massachusetts, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, I mean, another really good addition from that area of the country in Jacob Smith. One other thing I wanted to bring up, Tyler, was that uh, there's been some chatter going around that uh, Clemson and Wisconsin have been in the ear of Dominic Nichols, the aforementioned four-star edge uh, that is a part of Michigan's 24 edge class. And uh, there is these schools are essentially negatively recruiting against Michigan, trying to get Nichols to reconsider his commitment now that there are four edges in the class. I find it incredibly hard to believe that Michigan wouldn't have talked with Nichols prior to Jacob Smith committing, uh, just pertaining to the numbers and how many edge players there are going to be. So uh, hopefully those schools don't sway him enough for him to decommit or to flip to either Wisconsin, Clemson, or you know any other school uh, for that matter, because uh, it's a really good group of edge prospects like we've been talking about. And uh, the other thing that I'll bring up about this is that they're all a little bit unique in their own right. They're not all the same player. Jacob Smith is definitely more of a Sam linebacker like Jalen Harrell, Elias Rudolph. He can also play Sam, but uh, definitely a hybrid edge linebacker prospect like Josh Uche or Ojabo and uh, Nichols and Baxter are more of your traditional D end edge guys, kind of like a Hutchinson or a Mike Morris, uh, something along those lines. So they don't all play the exact same edge position. Uh, so I'm not sure why Wisconsin Clemson would be taking that angle with it, but uh, Tyler wanted to get your quick thoughts on uh, that development and how it pertains to Michigan's uh, 24 cycle. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Why? Well, I mean, obviously it makes sense on the Clemson side and you know, that the Wisconsin side to, to bash Michigan, but I mean, there's, there's really not much to bash. I mean, the, the one thing I guess you could say, okay, well they have, you know, now four edge guys on their, on their, you know, in this, this 2024 cycle, but you know, at the end of the day, depth is important and not everybody's going to pan out. And, you know, if you look at Michigan, as I, I hate to repeat myself, but if you look at Michigan, who, who other than maybe Alabama has put more edge players in the NFL in the last five years, you know, it's been Michigan. It's been, and most of those players, by the way, have been guys that have had success in the NFL. So I, I don't, I don't see the negative, um, other than, you know, maybe saying, okay, well, they have too many players that you're not going to get any playing time kind of thing. So, I mean, I guess I can understand that angle. I don't understand the other one. I mean, there's there's not a school that's put more players in the NFL in terms of the edge position in the last five years than Michigan has. So, Yeah, I mean, Clemson, if they want to take the angle of we'll really develop you into an NFL player, like they've certainly had some really good defensive line talent come out of their school and yeah. go to the NFL for sure. But uh, Wisconsin, not so much Michigan. Definitely. You just rattled off those names there and, you know, they'll probably get some more in the next year or two with the guys that they have right now. But yeah, I, I really don't understand the angle that they're taking too. as far as uh, the, the playing time on the field. You, you make a really good point. Not everybody is going to pan out and you need depth, especially along the defensive and offensive lines for that matter, because you got to have a, a solid rotation, especially along the defensive line. Uh, so these guys, you know, when they get tired out, you got to be able to swap in and out other players. And you know, it's not just, you know, it's not like the 21 defense where 
Uh, Michigan relied on Hutchinson and Ojabo to get all of the quarterback pressures and sacks and tackles for loss. Like the group that happened or that you saw last year, it's going to happen again this year where it's going to be a by committee approach with guys like Braden McGregor and Jalen Harrell and Derek Moore are probably going to step up his sophomore year. So you assume that they're probably going to continue uh, to have that kind of role with their edge players moving forward uh, under Jesse Minter and Mike Elston. So I, I assume, again, like they must have talked with Dominic Nichols and all of the other edge prospects in this class that they've gotten to commit uh, beforehand. I don't think that they would say that they would either lie to them or not tell them, hey, yeah, we're going to take like four guys and, you know, there may not be playing time for you. Like they're not saying that at all. So, uh, we'll see what comes of this if if Wisconsin or Clemson are able to sway him. Uh, hopefully not because uh, Nichols is a really nice player, uh, just like the other edge recruits committed to Michigan in this twenty four class. No so, doubt. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on here, Tyler, uh, to our next topic, and uh, this is certainly uh, one of the worst news. I mean, I I would you know, like I said, I I alluded to good news and bad news. Uh, this probably aligns more in the bad news department. Uh, and I'll get to it here as I go about explaining all of this. So late last week, uh, five-star wide receiver, Ryan Winko said in an interview with 24 seven sports that he will announce his commitment on the very first day of the early signing period, which happens to fall on December 20th. So it's very late into the year and certainly following, uh, the, uh, regular season and, uh, really just in the midst of bowl season uh, for uh, this 23 season. So Wingo already took an official visit to Michigan. Uh, he did so back uh, the weekend of June 9th. So when it comes to the Wolverines, what they bring to the table in his recruitment, uh, he had this to say in that interview with 24-7 Sports. He said, I've been to Michigan a few times now, went to the Michigan State game last year, had a good official visit, and I like the recruiting class they're bringing in. I'm close with Jaden Davis and talk with him all the time. I sat with him at the Michigan State game last year, and I knew he really liked Michigan a lot. Uh, the players have been great with me there, and I love the tradition at Michigan, so I'm giving them a strong look. So that's a very telling good quote. Uh, from Ryan Wingo, who is one of the top receivers in this class. I'd say the downside to all of this is that he he's already taken other visits to Georgia, Texas, and Missouri, and he wants to take more visits to uh, what I would call NIL Central uh, among the Blue Bloods, and that would be Miami, Texas A&M, and Tennessee. So uh, those visits kind of on the docket looming for him this upcoming fall. So, yeah. uh, Tyler, yeah, considering Michigan missed out on Jordan Ship over the weekend, he committed to Carolina, North Carolina, that is. Uh, I, I do think that this is a really good opportunity for the Wolverines to stay in this recruitment for Ryan Wingo for the long haul. And if they have another successful season, uh, you know, take down Ohio State, win the Big Ten, make the CFP, uh, I think that would open up a legitimate shot for Michigan to get Wingo on board, especially considering that he noted his relationship with Jaden Davis, who's who he could be competing for the starting quarterback job next season, uh, all depending on if JJ leaves for the NFL or not. So I think this lines up decently well for Michigan. I'm just kind of worried about the upcoming visits he has to uh, the uh, NIL focused schools in Texas A&M, Miami, 
and Tennessee. So uh, what do you think of all of this? Yeah. Uh, with this you, development, Tyler. NILU, as they call it, uh, in Miami. <laughs> yeah. um, you know what? And this 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 comes into a probably a bigger discussion that we really can't have right now. But, you know, this is this is where you start to wonder, is Michigan doing enough NIL wise to to entice five star, um, you know, prospects like Ryan Wingo? You know, he's a five star of St. Louis, um, the two the number two player in Missouri, number seven wide receiver overall. I mean, this would be an unbelievable get. It would probably put Michigan's uh, recruiting class in the top three right or maybe even number two in the country so um you know but at the same token he's got georgia on his list he's got texas on his list texas is no nil slouch georgia's no nil slouch alabama also no nil slouch so i mean they're they're going to be competing with the big boys what's a good thing is is ryan wingo is giving you a serious opportunity even though that your nil isn't I don't want to say it's not good because I think they're still in the top 20 in terms of NIL and, and the collectives and stuff like that. But in terms of, of like, you know, the bag that they can drop and, you know, Michigan said they're not doing this whole pay, pay for play thing, which, you know, we can debate whether that's good or not for the sport or good or not for, for Michigan. Um, but, you know, the fact that he's still giving you an opportunity, even though you're not a, a strong NIL collective just yet, um is a good thing um and again like i said before you're definitely going to have to beat ohio state get to the college football playoff and maybe even win a game in the college football playoff when again win the big 10 title and and you know kind of get to a situation where you know he sees you ahead of texas he sees you trending upward where alabama could be trending downward georgia who knows what's going to happen you know as as they've won back-to-back national titles but but you know they could see a drop off at the quarterback position it's it's a fascinating discussion again it's probably a longer discussion than you'd probably like to have at this point but but it really kind kind of comes down to is michigan doing enough nil wise but at the same time it's good that he's got you in the conversation now where the rubber meets the road is are you willing to do the pay for play or is it something where he's he likes jaden davis enough that he's willing to kind of leave the NIL thing at the beginning, at the forefront of it until he's, you know, on the roster and, and you know, and, the, um, you know, on the roster and enrolled in the school and, and all that, then the NIL can take shape. Yeah. I mean, Michigan's NIL game certainly is not on par with the schools that we just mentioned with Miami, Tennessee, Texas A&M, even USC. I mean, it's, Look, Dude, look even the, Ole Miss is a top NIL. Yeah, um, Ole Miss school. does NIL incredibly well. Uh, yep. I, I mean, just go go look at the the report that happened at Tennessee uh, under their uh, former head coach. I mean these these schools. It's no it, like it, we all know that they're dropping bags for top kids. There's no question about it. Michigan probably lost out on a few kids to the SEC because of NIL in this cycle alone, I'm not going to say names because you probably know who I'm talking about, but yeah, Yeah. I mean, when it comes to Wingo, I think the fact that he won't be deciding or announcing his commitment until December 20th, I I think that plays a huge role in Michigan uh, at, at the very least staying in it. And if they can convince him to come up for a game 
And Jaden Davis continues to recruit him and stay in his ear. And he notices, oh, man, Michigan had a really good season on the field again. J.J. kind of slung it around a little bit more with uh, Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson and the other wide receivers that they have on the roster. Perhaps that will kind of open up uh, Michigan's chances to really land him. And I think other than Wingo, Because he's, you know, at this point, I'd say it's a long shot. I'm not saying that Michigan's got like a great chance with him. It's a long shot, but I think it sets them up well to at least have their name uh, be considered until the very end. Now, if it doesn't work out with Wingo for Michigan, because they've already got two commits in this class in Channing Goodwin and Imerian Stewart, who committed earlier this year. um, I I also think that they they still want a third receiver. Um, and Gatlin Bear, we've talked about him. He's more of a 2026 recruit because he's going on a two-year mission trip. So you can effectively uh, cross him off the list as being like a quote-unquote 2024 recruit. So it, as far as the 2024 recruits that they are going to go after uh, other than Wingo, I think it's really going to come down to senior year evaluations and and uh, senior year risers. Uh, and they did so on defense in the 23 cycle. I mean, Cam Calhoun, Breon Ishmael, uh, Rod Pierce, they they had a few guys on defense last year that uh, they didn't get on board or even visit Michigan until like October, November, uh, really, really late into the cycle. And, uh, you know, they evaluated those guys late, got them on a visit, got them to commit and sign their letter of intent. So uh, and, and back in 2022, they did the same thing with Jimmy Rolder. So they have had some good commitments late in the cycle over the years under Jim Harbaugh. So it, it would not shock me if they offered a handful of guys late in the year, like October, November, even into December to try and get another a wide receiver in this class before it's all said and done. They've done it before. I could certainly see them, Tyler, uh, doing it again. Yeah, and the other thing that you you have to keep in mind as well, recruiting um, recruiting is obviously the forefront and the most important thing in college football. But also nowadays, you have the transfer portal where you know you instead of bringing in a couple a bunch of young receivers, you know you bring in four or five young receivers or two three young receivers, and you can bring in a veteran as well, and so that kind of helps you. Um, in the here and now and in the future. So, I mean, that's that's the other thing that you keep in mind as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, whenever it comes to this now, always, and I'm saying this to everybody out there listening, like if, if you're discouraged by uh, the lack thereof, you know, amount of, you know, X position, fill in the blank, whatever position, like, like if Michigan, for example, only gets like one cornerback, or one defensive tackle or something, uh, you can always look towards the transfer portal. It's very unpredictable because you never know who or what positions are going to be strong in a given transfer portal season, but it's always an option. And it's something that Michigan has utilized quite heavily over the last couple of years. And especially going into this season, they really rounded out their 23 team uh, very, very well, in my opinion. Uh, with the transfer portal. So that's a really good point to bring up, Tyler, uh, when it, especially when it comes to this uh, wide receiver position for uh, the 2024 class. So uh, we'll move on here uh, to our final topic of discussion today. And, uh, you know, we started with good news, kind of worked our way through the bad news. Uh, and we're going to get back to some good news. And he may be uh, the biggest visitor 
uh, planned for the upcoming barbecue at the big house for the Michigan Wolverines uh, this July at the very end of July. So this is coming up. So we're going to talk about this probably next week and we'll definitely have some written content on maizeandbrew.com with a full visitors list and everything like that. Uh, But uh, this is the one that I really wanted to discuss because I think this is a really big addition to the barbecue at the big house. The Michigan insiders, Bryce Marich wrote in a report earlier this week that 2025 five-star offensive lineman, David Sanders is planning to make a trip to Ann Arbor for the barbecue at the big house. Again, at the end of the month, he is a six foot six, 255 pounds from Charlotte, North Carolina plays for Providence day, uh, which is the same place where uh, Jaden Davis and Shane Goodwin 2024 commits play at David Sanders is the second ranked prospect, regardless of position in the 2025 cycle. He's also the number one ranked offensive tackle. It's a really, really important recruit moving forward here in this 25 class. He has not visited Michigan up to this point in this recruitment. So this is, uh, I I think that kind of elevates why it's so important to get him on campus at the end of July. So this is going to be the first time uh, to get some quality face time with Jim Harbaugh and Sharon Moore and uh, the Wolverines. They are certainly going to be trying to establish themselves as one of the premier options for Sanders in his recruitment. Uh, And as you would expect with a a kid as high caliber as David Sanders, uh, Michigan is going to be fighting a lot of blue bloods in this recruitment. Other schools that have offered him thus far include Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Texas, Penn State, Notre Dame, Tennessee, tons of other really highly regarded programs uh, uh, really wanting, lining up for uh, David Sanders uh, in this 25 cycle. So Tyler, I mean, for all the reasons that I gave and more, uh, this is a really important one. Obviously, we could talk about the back-to-back Joe Moore awards. We could talk about all the offensive linemen that Michigan have committed in this 24 cycle offensive linemen should be wanting to line up to play at the university of Michigan, kind of like how it was back in the nineties and the early two thousands under Lloyd Carr, Uh, really uh, Sharon Moore, Jim Harbaugh. They have truly established Michigan as OLU. I think you could kind of debate that with a couple other schools. Georgia would certainly, uh, they would complain if Michigan was called OLU, but uh, I digress. So a really important visit coming up here for David Sanders, his very first time uh, at Michigan. I could not state enough how important this one's going to be, Tyler. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree with you there. I mean, you know, you're fighting guys, you know, schools like Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, South Carolina, uh, you said Penn State, Florida, you know, the real blue bloods, but then you also got the real NIL schools too, LSU, Miami, um, Tennessee is there, Texas is there, A&M's there. So there's a lot of there's a lot of schools that are going to be, um, you know, interested in David Sanders' services. And, you know, the the thing is, is, you know, this is where you kind of get back into the NIL discussion. You know, are you going to be, uh, is it a situation where you can sell the kid on, you know, okay, w- you know, we've won back-to-back Joe Moore awards um, with the offensive line in 2021 and 2022 and potentially in 2023 as well. Uh, I don't see much of a drop off on the offensive line this year as well. 
But I mean, could you sell the kid on that, or is it more like, okay, I'm the number two stop, um, two recruit nationally in the 2025 cycle, and the number one player uh, in North Carolina, number one uh, offensive tackle as well, um, and I, I just want to get the bag. So I mean, it's really kind of just depends on what kind of kid this is and what kind of recruit this is. Um, but I mean, it would be, you know, one of those gets from Michigan that that's similar to the Rashad Gary, obviously different side of the football, but, um, you know, just that magnitude of having the number two overall, um, you know, recruit in, in the 2025 cycle. I mean, that would, that would be unbelievable. And the 2025 cycle, um, seems to be like where Michigan, if they can really beat Ohio State again, have all their goals in front of them, get to the playoff and maybe at least win a game, you might be in the conversation of, you know, having the number two or number one recruiting cycle in the country. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, if, if you can do that, get David Sanders on board, potentially Bryce Underwood at the quarterback position, get some other highly regarded, because t- uh, there's a lot of really nice in-state players too, other than Underwood in this class that Michigan yeah, this is cycle going didn't after. have a lot of, of, of good in or not, not, I shouldn't say not a lot of good in-state players, but there was no, you know, number one player overall, like Donovan, no, no superstar. Or anything yeah, like for that. sure. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. They didn't have like a DPJ or a Bryce Underwood or anything like that. I mean, Jay I know Nicole the 2023 and, class had, um, you know, CJ Carr and, um, and no, uh, Dante Moore. Dante and, Moore yeah, yeah. I mean, tons of, Tons of nice players for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, 2025, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a really nice, uh, in-state crop that Michigan is going after other than Bryce Underwood. I mean, there are so many other guys that they're going after, but yeah, I mean, land David Sanders and, uh, you know, Underwood, and obviously they're going after another five star who's going to be on campus for the barbecue or at the very least is expected to be on campus for the barbecue and that's DJ Pickett at the safety position from the state of Florida. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it could set themselves up incredibly nicely. And, uh, at that point, Tyler, you could really just see the collision course continuing for Michigan on the recruiting trail, not only fighting, you know, the schools that they have been fighting over the years, like Notre Dame and Ohio state for some of these players, but then you get into like the Georgias and Alabamas and USC obviously coming into the big 10. So I would expect to see them as a uh, formidable uh, opponent on the recruiting trail moving forward, especially for kids in California. But uh, yeah, I mean, you just, the, the positive things that could come out of this are really endless in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I mean, really important kid coming on campus for the barbecue at the big house. That's the weekend of July 29th. And I believe this year, uh, unlike previous years will be a two day event. So I think they're going to do it the 29th and the 30th, which really sets themselves up nicely to, uh, potentially get some other kids on campus that they may not have in the past because, there are other recruiting events going on across the country that weekend because that's when the recruiting dead period is lifted. And uh, this is truly the final opportunity to see kids, uh, you know, 2024, 2025 and beyond uh, before the football staffs really go, uh, as I like to say, into the submarine for the football season and really dive into fall camp and all that good stuff. So uh, this is truly a, a huge pivotal recruiting event. Uh, every single year 
They started this tradition under uh, Rich Rod, of all people, and uh, they've just kept this going ever since. And it, it, it has always been one of the premier recruiting events for Michigan uh, every single summer. So really expect a uh, big visitors list for this year's barbecue. Uh, you know, like I said, DJ Pickett uh, and obviously David Sanders being the two five stars that at the very least are anticipated to be on campus so far. And like I said, we'll certainly uh, bring you the latest and greatest, not only on the podcast, but on maizeandbrew.com as well. Uh, really big event coming up. So we'll definitely talk about it next week uh, more in depth. So Tyler, any other final thoughts from you? Yeah, uh, I just as have far one, as this? What, I just have one quick question for you in terms of NIL, because sure. I know we kind of have been a little bit NIL heavy on this show today. Um, but I just have one question. It feels like NIL the first year was everybody blew blew as much as they could, like Miami, Texas A&M, those schools, they blew as much money as they could. And I think, and you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the collectives are starting to become a little bit smarter on how they're spending their money. I would think so. Um, I mean, they're certainly not doing the NIL deals like they did last cycle for, uh, like, just for example, Florida was allegedly dishing out a ton of money on, uh, and I'm blank, I'm blanking on the kid's name. Is it Jaden Rashada? I think the quarterback recruit that, uh, so. that, that he initially signed with Florida backed out of the, uh, uh, letter of intent. And then I believe he ended up signing with Arizona state or something yep. along those lines. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, it really seems like they're becoming a little bit more choosy, picky and choosy with with what they do and, and especially how they facilitate it. And I really like what Harbaugh and Chris Partridge and the Wolverines did this summer, and they really campaigned and recruited uh, for their NIL game uh, in multiple different cities, not only Ann Arbor, but they went out west to California. They went to Chicago. They went to a few different spots, and they really were pitching how NIL has kind of changed the collegiate athletic game. And if they want to continue to be, uh, you know, like they say, the leaders and best, uh, they have to be the leaders and best in NIL as well. And I, I really like how they're not just taking a back seat to NIL and they're just going to let uh, the NIL friendly schools, like what we've already talked about, just come out victorious every single day with five-star after five-star after five-star, uh, They Michigan wants to compete in those recruitments as well. And if they're going to uh, legitimately compete in those recruitments, they have to step up their game. And uh, it's taken them a little bit to do so. But I think they're finally getting to a point where they're going to be able to compete with uh, those NIL schools like we've already mentioned uh, moving forward on a consistent basis. They've done so in a couple different recruitments, or they've at least stuck around in a few other recruitments that they normally wouldn't have. And there will always be kids in every single class that simply want the bag and Michigan's just not going to do it. They're not going to waste their time, effort or resources on those kids, nor no. should they, because they just had, they've stated very boldly uh, and multiple times that they are not going to do pay for play. Um, and that's just the way that they've been doing. And I don't blame and, them and, to be honest with you. This is, the, yeah. They had um, uh, they had um, Chip Kelly on um, on Joel Klatt's podcast, and and he was talking about you know um, how we want this to be a transitional um, you know part of your life, not just a tran sorry transformational experience, not just transactional. 
And I feel like, you know, we're getting closer to a situation where you can have both, where you're still going to school, you're still going to a school to, to get, you know, education, but you're also, you know, getting money for playing football as you probably should. So I don't know. I mean, there's no right answer to it. I don't think, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I'm glad we were able to have that discussion. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing it up and it's an important discussion to have and uh, it's certainly not going away anytime soon, probably never. So uh, it's important that we uh, bring this up and important that uh, Michigan gets on board with it. And both of those things are happening. So that's all the time we got for today's show. Thank you to Tyler. Thank you everywhere, everyone out there for listening uh, to the Future Blue podcast. And uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. Follow Tyler on Twitter at SealDog91. And uh, follow the Block M Podcast Network. You can find uh Find us everywhere. I mean, iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh, and uh, Fans for Sports Network, you can search either of those and our podcast will pop up. And, and be sure to follow all of the work that we do on maizeandbrew.com. Like I said, we'll have tons of recruiting content for the barbecue and uh, more as we continue through this 2024 cycle. So for Tyler, my name is Vaughn. We will catch you guys next week with another edition of Future Blue.